All right, everybody, welcome back to the latest episode of In the Flat Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Kill, joined again this week by Jess Aben and Jordan Schultz. Uh, this week, we're going to continue to dive into your mailbag questions, keep sending those our way, um, and we'll talk about the latest news in college football. So uh, let's start off first with a little bit of news. So a um, couple things. Maryland hired former Michigan and Miami offensive coordinator J- Josh Gaddis as his offensive coordinator. Uh, Chad Johnson, the former um, show-off wide receiver for the Bengals and other NFL teams, has been hired by Florida A&M as a program ambassador and consultant. Um, and then former Air Force assistant coach Bill Sheridan gave a, was given a three-year show calls penalty by the NCAA due to recruiting during the 2020 COVID dead period. Uh, so, you know, a little bit of a coaching news, not much out there. I think things are starting to get settled uh, with coaching moves and, and those type of updates. Um, but two of the news items that kind of stuck out to me this week that we could kind of talk through is um, FMU um, – FAMU, sorry, offered a um, scholarship to 11-year-old track star Rudolph Blaze Ingram. Guys, how young is too young? If if you're a coach or uh, athletic program, are you offering 11-year-old if you feel like he's got the skills at 11 years old? Sorry, you, Jess. What do you think? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> and you're probably not even going to be there in seven years, most coaches, right? No, so. like you have no idea, you know, if he's going to grow, um, you know, what your interests are still going to be. Like I imagine for a lot of these guys, they're going to grow up. They're still going to be doing athletics. But, you know, what if they're just not all that good? Like, you know, you're hyped up at 11 years old. You might not just be that good. It makes no sense to me. Well, you, Jordan, would you, you're a head coach. You're going to go out there and get that 11 year old, get him on board. No, not, not, not at all. Like, like Jess said, you know, it's, it's, they're still young, you know, they haven't developed everything yet. They, you know, you don't know, you don't know what's going to like, you could, you've, I've seen many, you know, my friends at even, you know, that at that age, were really good at sports, really good at this. And then they kind of just fall off. Um, so, I, and you never know what that body's going to build into, you know, he could be, he could have hit his limit of height already. He could, you know, so you don't know what's going to happen in the next, what, seven years when he's 18 and he graduates high school and then what? Hey, was there any benefits though? Cause I'm thinking like, Hey, how if he's the next like big thing and you, you were the first one to offer him. He always remembers that kind of thing. I mean, if he sucks down the road, does it grow? Can't you just pull the scholarship? But I guess that's also a bad look, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, there's there's some positive to it, but at the end of the day, there's so many unknowns that, I mean, he's 11 years old. Or, or I don't like <laughs> seven years until he gets to college. You, yeah, so, you don't know what his like educational thing will look like. Will he even be a fit for your university? I mean, that's a, I, so like some of the top tier schools, they're not going to do this yet because they're like. They're probably thinking like, "Hey, is he going to be a fit for what we do here?" Like, I don't even know how he plays against every competition. Yeah, he's a track star. He's not even a football player, so that's what's why I thought was kind of I, crazy. I want to know how much they're offering him. All right, I, I want to <laughs> see this contract they're sending out. Whole ride, like nil, uh, you know, all this one million, eleven year old, come to our school, they'll give you this. He probably signed that thing right away. I'll be, I'll be coming to school right now. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, we'll track for the next seven years on this podcast. We're gonna track the um the journey of Rudolph Blazinger and see where he ends up. And this will be the, you know, 
maybe we'll get him as a guest as we'll be talking about him so much over the next seven years. Um, <laughs> next up, um, before we move it to the mailbag, is the House Committee is set to hold a hearing on NIL rights under the with um, new pre- NCAA President Charlie Baker on March 29th. Um, are we confident anything will happen with NIL, Jordan? What do you think? Is or Charlie Baker's coming in? He really wants to. He's coming from a government type of position. He really wants to come in and fix NIL. Some of the conversations he's been saying. Are you? Are you confident he can get that done here with uh, the House Committee? I don't. I don't think the first meeting about it, March twenty. Uh, you know, I, I, it's it's going to be a long, drawn out um, conflict that we're going to see for a while. Even you know, we we might see some things change from this meeting, but I don't think it's really going to you know impact so much right now. I, I just think it's way too early. You know, and, and it, he's so he, you know it's his first year and his career there and so I, I don't know if he'll be able to fully ratify what nil is doing right now you know to many schools but yeah i'm not super confident in them getting any huge thing changed and fixing what is wrong with it i, t- I tend to agree it's gonna be hard in this first meeting but my hope is that this kind of sets that north star for where they need to go to fix it um, what do you think, Jesse? You think, you think, um, obviously we haven't heard much from Charlie Baker. We don't know much about him. So I, I don't think we can, even none of us can answer like if he's the man to get the job done, but, um, this is a positive start, right? Do you, do you, is there anything you want to see in this meeting that will give you hope for the future? Nothing in particular. I mean, there are just so many holes in the whole NIL situation that, you know, as Jordan said, it's nothing. I don't think anything's going to come about after, you know, a first meeting. I imagine, honestly, nothing's really going to get done for months, maybe even a year. Like there, we have to see how the system plays out. We have to see so many different things. Uh, It's a very complex issue. And I mean, there's so many ideas that I think we've talked about in the past here, you know, our thoughts of fixing it, you know, concerns coaches have raised, but I don't know enough about this guy to say, as you know, as you said, you know, I don't know. None of us know enough about him to say like, is he going to be the guy to get it done or, or what? But it's, it's going to be a long process that that much I know. No, for sure. All right. But um, we'll definitely bring you some updates after the hearing to see, you know, what was talked about. Maybe, our thoughts on it and where we think it's going next. Um, so I'm interested to watch that one. All right, let's jump into your mailbag. So um, we love to see questions. So let's see what some of these questions are for this week. So first up, if you were a coach and pay was similar, would you want to coach in the NFL or college? This is a question coming up because there's a lot of college coaches going to the NFL at the moment, um, you know, because they don't want to recruit, or they, they it's the higher you think of it, it's a higher level of um, work that you, you get to do. But here, the pay is similar. You get to, you know, have an opportunity in NFL or stay in an opportunity in college. You know, which one are you picking, Jordan? Um, <clears throat> see, it'll depend on a lot of things. Like it'll depend on is it head coach or am I a offensive coordinator? Let's say assistant coach in this case. Assistant coach. Assistant coach. I, honestly, like, you know. You go to college way and you get you have a better chance of staying there a little longer. But honestly, I would say probably go to the NFL if I'm an assistant coach because we've seen a lot more <clears throat> assistant coach that go to the NFL come back to college as head coaches. And I think that's what 
I'm looking at here is like, I want to be a head coach somewhere, no matter if it's NFL or college, either way. Um, and if I'm in the NFL and I do a good job, I can be a head coach in the NFL at some point. If I don't do a super great job as an assistant, but I am still good, decent enough, I can get that head coaching job in college. So I'm going to pick NFL, even the pay, even though the pay is the same, but I feel like you have a lot more backing in a lot more ways in a sense in the NFL, because you have a, a means to get those players easier besides like you don't have to recruit as hard, but, but if you're saying head coach college for sure, but right now as an assistant NFL is where I would want to go. All right. Good perspective. Jess, where you, where you, where's your head leading at? Well, it depends which team, like, <laughs> uh, I mean, kind of just popped up there and other shoulder there. Uh, you know, I'm a giants fan. So if I'm getting an offer from the Eagles, uh, I'm going to have to turn that one down. Uh, but if it's, you know, ECU or Rutgers, I'd take that over probably most teams. I mean, we all, if Notre Dame came to either of you and like, yeah, we want you to be an assistant coach. You guys would, you guys would take that in a, in a second. Um, but oh, no, I mean, in terms of like work and everything, I think I'd probably choose NFL. You know, there's so much that goes into college, so much recruiting, so much planning, you know, the off season, you know, all that sort of stuff. At the least with the NFL, it feels like there's a little more breathing room, you know, between, you know, just going out to scout, you know, the combine, then you got the draft and it's kind of like a bit of a dead period because free agency's over with college football there's like no breaks you're always recruiting you've got spring practice you got summer you got the season then you got the bowls and then you're still recruiting you know it just it just feels like it's more never-ending but yeah all good i think that's probably why you see a lot of um, college coaches go to nfl today me personally i i just always seen myself more as a college person like even like watching the sport, I, I just love watching college football more. Just the the school spirit and like, I know we're they're both playing for money now, but I just feel like more emotion in the college game. And I, I like the fact that I'm a competitive person. I want to go out there get the best players and help my team win. Where NFL is like a a factory. You're they're bringing in players and you're supposed to get them to play. It's just it's just a different more. I would say. I would say I have more fun in college. It's probably more professional type in NFL. And I'm, I definitely want to be more fun, competitive type environment. So I think I'd be better in the college game. But college uh, does feel more personal with, yeah. with the winning and the losing. It, it, there does ha- it does have that kind of effect. Yeah, and I think most people that that and a lot of people, there's some people that like for me, I had to go to Notre Dame, but cheer for them. But there's a lot of people that went to Notre Dame. So they feel like, they're part of that um, ownership of that team because they went there or they, you know, like for me, I've been learning since 88. So I feel like a personal connection since I was little. So in NFL, it's a little different. The players is free agent. And that's sort of what's happening with transfer portal, which is what I'm hoping doesn't happen, but where your whole team could be gutted. You have a whole new team you're rooting for. And it's just, it feels weird, um, more corporate than, than college game. But, you know, yeah, both have their pros and cons, I'm sure. Um, all right. March Madness is here, so I, you know I'm not going to ask you guys. Maybe towards the end, I'll ask you who you think is going to win the March Madness. Hope so, have an answer ready for that. But with March Madness ahead of us, um, 
what would be the dream final four in college football, like in the playoff, if it's a four-team playoff? Um, maybe what, and and put it in two two categories. What, which four would have the best ratings? Uh, and what would be the best matchup? And maybe it's the same one. Um, and so I can I can kick us off. You know, with the best ratings, I think you're going to probably look at Ohio State, um, Michigan, Notre Dame, and, and Alabama, um, just because those t- typically are at the top of the rating list. At least there's there's probably a good ten teams that are, hover around the same. Those would be, I think, the best ratings, and I think the TV networks would love those. As far as the best matchup, um, you probably want to go with teams that recruit the best talent, right? So you're probably thinking Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. Um, I'm trying to think of a fourth team that would like is recruiting very well. Um, right those now. Are- Texas is number three in the recruiting rankings currently, but you know, over the past uh, few years, I'd probably say Oklahoma's typically up there, but they they've been dog walked. <laughs> yeah, Clemson. Clemson, I guess, but then Clemson's been having a tough time with it. They just um, really, and that's the problem. I think the last few years, this 14 playoff, there's three really good teams usually, and then there's that four if you don't know quite who that should be. Um, I think for this next year coming up, best matchup, you're you know, maybe um, you look at the, those top teams up there, maybe like a Florida State or, you know, some team like that uh, for this upcoming year. But, um, Jordan, what do, what do you think? What are, what are your um, – what do you think are the four, like, TV dream matchups and maybe the four best matchups? See, you know, I'm with you on those four, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, Alabama. <clears throat> Honestly, you could probably throw uh, – you can take out either Michigan or <clears throat> Ohio State and put in at Georgia, I think that right there could be the TV matchup. I mean, I feel like every Notre Dame fan wants to see Notre Dame play Michigan again, like in a, in a big, in a big way. So, you know, there, you know, there's probably a good five teams that can go into that, you know, Alabama, Ohio state, Georgia, Michigan, Notre Dame. We'll get those good ratings. Um, best matchup. I mean, the top two SEC teams and and probably the top two Big Ten schools. I, I think that's that right now is what. Yeah, see, I thought about that. But then, like, I think back to Michigan last year with um, TCU where TCU just, like, kept scoring on them throughout. I mean, it wasn't even a close game. Um, so that's what I think about talent. Like, is there anybody else with talent like Ohio State outside of the SEC that maybe USC? I don't know. USC defense, like Ohio State and USC, feeling to me really close because they get offense, but their their, their defense, defense lacks. is not there. Well, no. I mean, one thing that uh, you know, Ohio State has that USC probably doesn't is uh, they got the trenches. Yeah, yeah that's why yeah. they were able to go toe to toe with Georgia. They had the weapons on the outside, they had the quarterback, but then they were able to keep that quarterback upright, and then it wound up being you know kind of a shootout. You know, but I mean, that's just kind of where football is going anyways. So many rules that benefit the offense. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it it's so hard to choose. I mean, it could be, like I said, anyone in the SC, I mean, the big teams in the SEC, big teams in the Big Ten, um, even ratings. I feel like a lot of Big Ten games get the most ratings anyway yeah. already, like Michigan, Ohio State. Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, Penn State, they get those ratings. Yeah, I think the Big Ten SEC, they pretty much dominate the ratings because um, 
it just those fan bases seem to be more passionate about watching it all the time. So um, whereas like the Pac-12 and Big 12, they don't um, they just don't watch as much, you know. So I, I think that's I think it's definitely be a combination of those. Just anybody different we haven't talked about would be in your fours. Like any anybody that maybe would surprise us. I mean, in terms of you know quality of matchup. You know, you got the Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Then I guess I'd throw in Michigan. They've been consistently up there. It interestingly, in terms of viewership, you know, I think you have to have a Ohio State Michigan game. Like I feel like that's a must. And then I would go Alabama and Texas. You know, Texas. I know they don't have as much watching, but like the stadium. You know, it's got some. It's a historical program. You get some of that, you know, kind of South Central, that area, you know, like the Texas, Oklahoma, you know, that area. Uh, Those people are nuts. They're crazy about college football. Uh, Part of the reason I think that so many of them haven't had the viewership is that they just haven't been very good recently. I mean, Oklahoma was but it always felt like they were like a step behind the ohio states the alabama clemson georgia you know when that would kind of cycle through particularly when the uh, playoffs first started um so i think you know like ohio state versus michigan then you got alabama texas especially if texas is back you know if texas ever is back then i think that's going to be the next two years or so you know unlike you guys i have faith in arch manning but you know Um, especially like if you're i mean bookmark this time frame makes the playoff with a manning at quarterback against nick saban in alabama that wouldn't well that's a good yeah i mean that's good to you i just don't see that happening is what i'm saying is like because I don't think Arch Manning's going to. So. I mean, in terms of, yeah, but like right now, in terms of like actual probability and quality of matchup into a yeah. safe bet, it's just top two SEC, top two Big Ten. But that's not a fun way to answer it. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, my kind of like crazy ideal uh, playoff 14. Don't playoff, say Rutgers. Rutgers don't say Rutgers. No, no, no. <laughs> into, with, with some level of realism here. With some <laughs> level of realism here. So. Rutgers ECU, it ain't happening. As much as I would love it, it ain't happening. USC, Texas, Miami, Alabama. Oh, God, I hate that, man. I always hate those four. I hate Miami and I hate Texas. So, I, no, hate, I guess hate's a strong word. I just, they're always overhyped and like, well, like, cause like, particularly, you know, when I was growing up, you know, in yeah, the early are... 2000s, you had USC's run with Pete Carroll. You had the, you know, the brief time period with the, the, I mean, 2001 Miami hurricanes, arguably the greatest college football team of all time, you know, then it kind of transitioned to the Nick Saban, Alabama years, not too long later. And it's just kind of been that ever since it feels like, you know, every now and then, you know, there's a Jameis Winston, Florida state, Cam Newton at Auburn, you know, throws a wrench and thing, Ezekiel Elliott, that 2014 Ohio state team. Um, But like, you know, I feel like that could be, fun you know get some of those teams back you've got a west coast team and usc you've got you know the powerhouse that is alabama you get texas back and then on the east coast you got miami you know kind of hit all sectors there i mean i think that could be kind of interesting 
I think it would be it all it all depend on who Pete plays who. That's true. Because I don't know if anyone really would care if like Texas plays USC or Texas plays Miami. I would mind see Texas USC because it's a rematch of the yeah. classic national title yeah. game. Though. But really like cool. by like Texas Miami is anyone really going to? Well, nobody wants to play game. Miami. Miami. I just feel like maybe Miami could eventually get back there. I just I'm not a big fan of like them the last twenty years. I guess it's since that time frame, but. Hey, I think Mario Cristobal's there, and I think if he gets them with the right talent, I mean, it, it could be interesting. Maybe to watch you sub out Miami for Penn State. You know, give them some love. You know, you get that Big Ten team in there. Could that happen. Happen. That, that if they, happen. They, if they get over the hump, you, they they could definitely. Yeah, it's been long over the hump for like twelve yeah. years now. <laughs> it's the same. It's like te- it's like we're talking about Texas again. I yeah. I don't like I think maybe like Oregon, but I you know then you're talking two Pac-12 teams, but I like, I kind of like what Oregon's doing with um, Dan Lanning there, so I wouldn't mind seeing the, like them. That would be a pretty fresh matchup. I wouldn't mind seeing like a, a TCU in there or like another Big 12 team in there, Nebraska. just to kind of mix it up a bit. Yeah, you know, Nebraska. I wouldn't mind seeing Nebraska back in there. It's been a while, you know. Yeah, I mean, like again, we're talking about the historic programs here. You know, kind of get that history. You know. I wouldn't mind Wisconsin reason. with Wisconsin with their building there now. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a Wisconsin with an air attack, um, you know, in a, in a game like this. So it'd be interesting to see. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about this. Um, which of the top current, like I would say big dogs of college football, which we kind of feel respectively is Ohio state, Georgia and Alabama, which one do we think is going to be the first to fall from that top tier? And who's the most likely team to replace them? So, Jess, you're on the hot seat. Who's going to fall out of that top three first? And which team is going to take their spot? Don't say Rutgers. ECU. <laughs> Obviously, the answer is ECU then. If it's not Rutgers, <laughs> come on. Um, I'm going to say Ohio State um, is going to be the first to fall. Ryan Day's had some issues. They've had some decommits. Uh, even this year, they've kind of fallen a little bit in the recruiting rankings. Meanwhile, you know, Alabama, Georgia have just been consistently up there. And I mean, that's the thing with um, college football. You know, it's just teams like that, they don't rebuild, they reload. Um, and no one's been better at reloading than Alabama and Georgia, it feels like, the past four to five years. Clemson, you know, is taking a step back. And if I had to pick one of them, I guess I'd go Ohio State. Replace them? I think I'd go USC. Just because of what Lincoln Riley showed he can consistently do at Oklahoma. We know he can recruit. He, we know he's going to have that offense, right? Will he ever figure out the defense? That's the question. Uh, I think I'd either go USC or as we were talking about Texas, you know, like for me, it's a lot of, are you able to recruit? And the reason I'm going USC over Texas is because Lincoln Riley can recruit and he has shown he's able to get to the playoffs and we've shown that he can get there consistently, especially when he has the quarterback. Um, Now, whether or not he gets over that hump and wins it, that's a whole nother question, but you know, even Ohio State hasn't, you know, won that much, but they're able to, oh, it feels like they're always there. You know, they're yeah. always right on the cusp. And USC, I think, can offer more resources, mainly just the state of California that maybe Lincoln Riley didn't have when he was at Oklahoma. 
Uh, there's a little bit more glitz and glamour with USC. I mean, that's the whole reason, as we were talking about earlier, you know, Pete Carroll in the early 2000s, he utilized that. If Lincoln Riley can do the same, I think uh, USC is going to be the team that replaces them. Good call. Um, Jordan, what do you say? I'm, I'm with you on the Ohio State. I just think, like you said, Ryan Day, he hasn't really shown a lot. I mean, he has that. He inherited some things. He, you know, he brought his own things. So I, I don't know if we've really seen himself yet. And I don't think he's that guy for that team. I, I don't know. I think the biggest thing is that defense has always been wishy-washy. And I think that's the biggest thing holding Ohio State down. And and they're recruiting slowly going down um, just because all the – I mean, the Big Ten has a lot of offseason problems, right? offseason drama right now. Um, but if I had to pick like an order, like Ohio State, I think Alabama will be next and then Georgia. I, I think Alabama, Nick Saban is slowly easing his way out. And, and that just talks about it this year and, and, and things like that. Yeah, they have the best recruiting class. They have all this. But I, I just think things are slowly going away for him because people are finally understanding how to – took him long enough, finally understanding how to play against them. But replace him, place Ohio State. I mean, I'd probably have to choose another Big Ten school in a sense. Um, I don't think USC, the difference is Oklahoma could recruit all over there because there wasn't a lot of teams that were good enough to recruit and could get what Lincoln Riley could. California right now is the the teams are really good. The Pac-12 has has this this past year teams that are are, are good. Um, the Big 12, not a lot of teams were are big like when Lincoln Riley was there. So I couldn't pick USC. Jess, I'm sorry, I'm not a USC <laughs> fanboy. I know you and Caleb Williams out here. You're going going to parties and things. <laughs> but I think to me, replace the replace them Michigan. I think if Michigan can just get that consistent quarterback and I think they could easily get to that point, I think Michigan the last two years is showing they're growing and showing that they are getting better than Ohio state at, at recruiting at just, you know, game plan at just the developing players. And, and like I said, it has shown the last two years, they've really dominated against Ohio state. And I think they're, they'll just take that crown from Ohio state and put it on themselves. All right, good call. Uh, for me, it would be Alabama. Uh, I think Ryan Day will continue to keep Ohio State where they are because I, I feel like they help the more they have the talent at Ohio State to beat most of the rest of the Big Ten. So I think they'll be able to stay where they are. I don't know if they'll win the national title, but they'll be able to kind of stay where they are. Um, where I, um, why I think Alabama will fall off is because I think Hugh Freeze going to Auburn will start pulling some of those Alabama recruits out of the state moving them to Auburn. So it's, it's going to start impacting recruiting a little bit there. But I also feel like Nick Saban's teams last few years have been really undisciplined teams, and he continues to have this coaching turnover. I, I just don't – I don't know how much longer at his age he can keep it up with continually to turn over the entire staff and continue to recruit this rate when he has Georgia really – 
taking his with his success and, and continuing to, to do, run with it, and then having Auburn back where they are and have LSU over here. This is going to pull re- recruits from him, and he's going to have lesser recruits than he's had in the past with un- more undisciplined teams. So, um, I honestly just feel like it's going to be Alabama. They're going to fall off. Now they may not fall off the planet, but they're going to fall off. Where I don't think they're going to make the playoff that much anymore. Um, but I could totally be wrong with that. But I also think he'll retire next couple of years, and then that definitely will have them fall off the map. Um, as far as who replaced them, I think it's LSU. Um, it's the easiest place to recruit. Uh, you can you can be a terrible coach, no offense, Ed Ordron, and win a national championship because you get the right players there and brian kelly is a good coach and he'll be have an easy time he hates recruiting but he doesn't really have to leave his backyard to recruit he can take a drive down the road get a recruit go back home and that's perfect for him and i think that's why he took that job and so i think they'll get the players and i think they'll be at least for about a five-year period once he gets it going here next couple years i think they'll take the place of alabama and go go head to head with georgia for the sec crown so um Nice different perspectives there, but I think we'll see if any of us are right. All right, um, wrap it up here. Let's jump into March Madness. This is a college football podcast, but I would love to hear your thoughts on who you think is going to win um, win it all for college basketball. Uh, there's a lot of um, interesting matchups, and usually the best team usually does not win this most of the time, I, I feel, because uh, all it takes is one off night, and then you're out of the tournament. So, uh, Jordan, what do you think, man? Do you think um, you think Alabama's going to take it? You got Houston, you got UCLA, Duke. Who you got? Who you got winning the title? Oh man, it's such a hard. I I don't know. I still haven't <laughs> made my bracket. Um, you gotta get on it. Money, man. Yeah, man, you gotta get on that. I know. I'm making it. I gotta make it tonight. All right. I know. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> there, there. I feel like this year is probably one of the harder years because there wasn't, you know, there, there were some dominant, but no one like Purdue lost to Rutgers. And we saw Rutgers lose last night. If, if we <laughs> want to talk about it, um, but honestly, Houston, I, I think Houston's going to win it all. I think Houston has probably the, one of the most all around teams. Okay. Jess, do you agree? No. Uh, Houston had uh, out of all of like the top teams, I think they had the fewest quad one victories this year. Um, they played two star. Their star is injured too, by the way. I don't know if you saw that, Jordan, but um, it's fine. Uh, they Sesser, played so. two ranked teams over the course of the year. They lost to one. Um, Why are we talking about what I picked, Jess? Who do you pick to win it? Because Tony asked if I agreed, so I you could like just say yes or no. Jess, who do you pick? pick? No, um, what Jess said is your your ter- your pick is terrible. He's going to explain to you why it's terrible. Jess is just upset. Rutgers is not in it. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't see. You see not wrong. I'm I'm ticked. Um, but I have uh, I have a few different brackets that I've already made. Each one I'm on of getting a different result. Uh but I think I'm leaning towards either UCLA or Kansas. I think UCLA has the best chance of being the first West coast team in like forever to, to win it all. Cause I think, what is it like the last 10 years, maybe longer uh, every team that's won it has been like essentially East of the Mississippi, just about. Um, and so, yeah, Kansas, 
a lot of their core, I think a decent amount of their players, they've won, they won it last year. I think they had a couple key pieces return. They're, uh, they're one of the top teams this year. And they're typically a safe bet. It feels weird not to be talking about like a Duke or Kentucky or UNC in terms of like the top teams. No Nova really. Um, so I, I think, I think I'm going to go UCLA. All right, interesting pick. Um, I could tell why this is not a college basketball podcast with those picks. Um, wow. uh, just, uh, um, Who do you have, Tony? Come on. So, first of all, I have Houston losing in the second round to Auburn. Sorry, Jordan. Um, I think Auburn will go pretty far. I have Auburn in the Final Four. Um, wow. UCLA, I have UCLA getting pretty far. I think I got them to the Elite Eight. I think they'll lose to Kansas. Um, so that's a pick there. But I have Duke winning. Um, yeah, it's Duke. So, uh, but Duke, is, Duke has been on teams. If you if you watched the first half of the season, you would have saw that. But when they have their full parts, they're 17 and one as a group with their full team. They've had injuries this year, but over the last, like, I think they won their last eight or 10 in a row and they have their team together. They're 17 and one with that team. They ran for the ACC championship. Um, they have an easy path, um, you know, on their, their side of the bracket. I know Purdue's pretty good, but um, I feel like they, they have better athletes than Purdue, and their bracket really doesn't have anyone that, that scares me to, to take them there. And then I think once they get to the Final Four, um, John Shire will, will get that team ready to go and win that title again for, for Duke in his first year. So You're not worried about Duke having to get through – I mean – Tennessee, Mar- Marquette is really good this year. No, because you know, I think I have Tennessee. What do I have? Ten- I think I have Tennessee losing the first round. You have them losing to Louisiana. Louisiana, yes. If you, if you, they're actually uh, Tennessee has some injuries, and Louisiana has been on kind of a roll. And I think in some cases Louisiana has been favored in, in some some of the um, betting out there. So I am. I actually do follow college basketball guys. I, I know the rest of the, the staff here a little little behind, so I'll, I'll educate these guys here in the next few weeks. When maybe we'll start a college basketball podcast. But um, you know, Tony, yeah, so we'll, is your is your favorite team also Notre Dame for college basketball? Yeah, I follow. Yeah, I like I like Notre yeah. Dame. Uh, the the I, yeah, the February? I, I do like my Purdue boys. But was it they, was it I, was it February? They 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 were in no win no win February. <laughs> what Notre Dame? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was Mike Bray should have been gone two years ago. So yeah, he's a terrible coach. Um, I think Notre Dame needs a lot of work. So we're not going to talk about Notre Dame basketball in this podcast. Though. That's that's a whole other discussion. So they're down there with the Rutgers of the world. So we got to get we got to get out of that conversation. So, um, they didn't make it. Okay, you know they lost. At least Notre Dame had the right to this lose before they even get to those tournaments not to lose inside of tournaments okay uh, um, they were first seeded yeah. <laughs> are you not a Notre Dame basketball fan Jordan or what, what no I'm a Notre Dame basketball fan I, I just don't watch college basketball too much anymore okay all right guys well that was an interesting basketball corner we'll see if we bring you we'll bring you some updates from college basketball maybe next few weeks as I, I could educate these guys and teach them the ways of basketball i don't know if you guys do i play basketball in school so i'm a more of a basketball guy than football anyway um we can so, tell so i can um you know next time we, we get together maybe in april maybe i'll i'll We'll play some, you know, some basketball. I'll show you guys a couple of things. Um, but yeah, until then, guys, um, 
keep sending us your, your mailbag questions um, in the flat pod on Twitter, in the flat podcast on our website. We look forward to bringing you some more content next week, making fun of um, Rutgers ECU as we always do. And until then, we'll talk to you guys. Bye.